Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Do you miss the days when all the answers to life's big questions could be found in the juicy pages of Dolly Doctor? Sex, friendships, relationships, family, life stuff. Dolly gave us total honesty with zero judgment. We learned that it wasn't weird to masturbate, like a lot, and that periods can sometimes be tricky, unpredictable things. We talked about what to do when we had a crush on someone and how to get over relationship breakups. Having Dolly to turn to made all that teenage angst a bit more bearable. Adulthood was around the corner. We would all get our shit together, move to the city to become big-time businesswomen and sleep with Harrison Ford, like Melanie Griffiths in Working Girl. Was that just me? Life was happening. And then we all grew up and realised that everything is still confusing. Welcome to the Big Sister Hotline. Presented weekly by me, Clementine Ford, this is your place to ask all the questions you still don't know the answers to about sex, friendships, relationships, family and life stuff with the kind of frank advice you could expect to find from the person who loves you most, your big sister. Because life isn't easy. And sometimes we all need a big sister to call on. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Big Sister Hotline. Don't worry, the audio is not going to sound this bad all the way through. I'm just recording this intro in my bedroom. It's Valentine's Day, so we're talking about relationships, sex, and even how to communicate with the women in your life if you're a dude who is unsure of how to communicate with the women in your life. I really, really hope you enjoy this podcast, and I'd love for you to engage and send your feedback to bigsisterhotline at gmail.com, or you can just hit me up on Instagram on at clementine underscore Ford. So, on to the questions. Thinking of leaving writes to say, I'm in a bit of a pickle and I need some feminist advice. I'm thinking of leaving my fiancé, however, we have a baby together, so I'm feeling all sorts about it. My biggest worry is sharing custody and going nuts without my baby, the guilt of breaking the home and how much extra work being a single mum will bring. I hope I can keep up. As a single mum yourself, I would love any advice. My mum raised three young women on her own and I just hope I can be as strong. So the first thing I will say to this is congratulations, because I think that that's not something that a lot of people say to people who uh, leave relationships that have been making them unhappy or that they feel they're not being listened to in. Often people commiserate and they say, I'm so sorry to hear that. And there is some sadness to it. But I think it's also something that people should be congratulated on for making those choices for themselves and for putting themselves first. So to you, I say congratulations for having this conversation. And then I also say 
far out. This is some really big stuff you're dealing with because these are huge questions. And as you point out, I'm a single mum now and I went through this myself last year when I was wrestling with what it would mean to break up my family. And I wanted to say at the outset that I'm very fortunate that my son's father is an amazing person and we co-parent really well together. And, you know, he's hugely supportive still of me and my work and of helping me to raise our son. And I feel like I'm the luckiest person to have him as a dad for my beautiful boy. So it is possible. It is hard as well. There's definitely things that, you know, single mums deal with that, a lot of people aren't aware of, you know, the financial strain of being a single mother is massive. I mean, it's really, really hard to be a parent with another parent who has an income, but doing it all alone is really, really big. And unfortunately, a lot of people are also in the position where they're co-parenting with people who maybe are not supporting them as well as they should be, um, who certainly aren't necessarily as interested in uh, the care of the child. I mean, because I think one of the things that we should point out, and maybe you haven't said this in your message, but maybe this is kind of something that's going on with you as well, because it seems to be a common story for a lot of mothers, particularly mothers who've left their partners, is that they really feel emotionally and physically unsupported at home. I always say to people that, you know, it's like I was thinking I was watching Married at First Sight the other night, and I'm a huge maths fan. Everyone knows that. Um, and I was looking at the single dad on it who was sort of like taking everyone through and showing everyone the, the room that his two boys sleep in when they stay with him. He's like, oh, it's just so hard not saying goodnight to them every night and not being able to kiss them. And, and I saw that one of the beds was a cot. So I was like, well, these two boys are pretty young. No woman leaves a man who is doing a halfway decent job when their kids are that young. So all I could think was, well, dude, what did you do to break up the family? Did you cheat on her? Uh, did, were you just completely useless? And what, did she have no other choice but to leave you because she felt like you'd completely left her already? So I realise that these are probably some of the things that you're wrestling with. Maybe you feel like there's an absence of love in the home or maybe you just feel like he's not really doing his share. So what I will say to that as well is that as hard as it is, there is nothing more powerful than being able to make all of your choices just for yourself and and having that stress of having to take care of a person as if they were a child themselves removed from your life. So all of the things that you're anticipating being hard are real and they will be there and you will need support and you will need assistance from your friends and your family and anyone who can kind of lend it to you. But at the same time, you are also liberating yourself from whatever it is that's going on in your relationship and in your life that's making you feel like you need to make this choice. So I would say if you're feeling this way, then you already know what the answer is. You just need some encouragement to do it. And hey, basically, Anytime someone asks me whether or not they should break up with their partner, I'm going to say, yep, dump him. So do it. Welcome to the Big Sister Hotline. Confused asks, I'm 14 and I don't feel comfortable asking any of the female adults some questions, so I guess I feel safer asking you. Is it normal for someone my age to be masturbating already? I started when I was 11 and I'm not sure if I should be doing it or not. I feel really guilty after doing it. Also, even though I fantasise about my first time having actual sex... I get very nervous when I think of physically doing it because I've also never been in a relationship either. So as the basic teen that I am, I think with my insecure brain that no guy will ever want to have sex with me or he'll be put off by my kinks. I have a crush on one of my friends and I highly doubt that he likes me back. So I guess another question is, what's the easiest way to get over someone? Because I don't want to be hooked on him forever 
And I also don't really want to confess either because getting rejected will hurt a lot more than pushing my own feelings down. From Confused. Oh my God, I just want to reach through the microphone and give you a big hug, Confused, because you could have been me writing that message to me. I felt terribly guilty when I was uh, masturbating when I was a child. I discovered it when I was 12 and I was like, oh, this is a great new thing that, oh, Um, in fact, funny story, the very, very first time that I had an orgasm from masturbating, I'd been doing it for a little bit because, you know, as everyone who's practiced it a bit knows, you need to figure it out for a while before the big bang comes. And the very first time it happened, I leapt back from, uh, I've written about this in my book, so I'll say it here. Um, I was doing it on a bathtub and I leapt back from the bathtub and looked accusingly at the tub like, what have you done to me? Because I was a massive hypochondriac growing up and I kid you not, I genuinely thought I was having a stroke. So add that to all of my guilt-related shame and it's a, it's a mess of problems. And I kept saying, as you did, you know, that I would I would stop doing it. I feel so guilty about this. I promise. I was a kind of a bit weirdly religious at the time too. So I would pray to God, please, I, I don't, please forgive me. I'll stop. Um, and of course I didn't. And the great thing really is that I discovered that actually there's absolutely nothing wrong with masturbating. In fact, masturbation is wonderful and everyone should do it. It's about pleasure and understanding what you enjoy. And the best way for you to figure those things out is to actually get right into it. And I really think that one of the problems that we have is that, you know, all of pop culture has addressed very head on, uh, pun intended, men masturbating, you know, like the whole sort of trope of teenage boys disappearing into the bathroom or taking so long, etc. Ha 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 ha, he's pleasuring himself, lols. But we don't really talk about girls doing it. So there's this sort of like hidden secrecy about it because it's still considered to be, you know, taboo and kind of a bit weird that girls would touch themselves. But listen to me confused. I've got some news for you. All of your girlfriends are masturbating. They just are. They might not be talking about it, but they're doing it or they're at least thinking about it. And if they're not doing it, then they're really missing out because masturbation is 100% normal and healthy. And I personally think that it's bloody wonderful that at such a young age, you're enjoying your body and you're giving yourself good times. There's absolutely no question of when it's too early to start doing these things. All of that is just wrapped up in the shame that society generally has about female sexuality. And I know that it's really hard to break out of those cycles of shame and guilt, particularly when even discussing sex is kind of seen, you know, amongst women doing it publicly is seen as being a bit too edgy. But I just want to reassure you that there's absolutely nothing wrong with what you're doing. And I encourage you to continue to both physically and mentally explore what it is that makes you feel good. Every time you have that impulse to feel guilt or shame about what you're doing, just remind yourself, I'm a human being with a body and I have as much right as anyone else for that body to feel good. Now, on to the other questions about your insecurities. Again, I really felt this very strongly growing up and um, I actually still feel quite a lot of it now, you know, at 38. It's, it's not something that necessarily leaves you. I didn't really have boyfriends when I was a kid. I was kind of weirdly scared of boys as well, but I also just didn't think any of them liked me. I grew up really feeling like I wasn't entitled to call myself a girl or I didn't, you know, fit in with the girls that I was seeing on TV and I didn't have the kind of relationships or boyfriends or girlfriends that my, you know, the girls that I went to school with had. So I sort of felt like a weird outsider. But I kind of also feel like that's a part of growing up too, you know. Not every part of growing up is easy and sometimes we have to go through that really hard stuff to learn stuff about ourselves and to kind of fortify ourselves against all of the extra shit that being an adult is going to bring us. I can also absolutely promise you this, that 
someone at some point will find you desirable. They just will. In fact, probably many, many people will find you desirable. And as you grow more in confidence in yourself and as you come to understand yourself more, part of which is figuring out what you enjoy in your body, then you will also recognise yourself as a desirable person. I think what you need to do and what, in fact, what I would love all adolescent girls to do and all women is to make themselves a priority. If someone doesn't treat you with respect, they're not worth your time or energy and they definitely don't deserve you wasting time worrying about whether or not they like you. God, the number of hours I've spent worrying about whether or not someone likes me, it is such a waste of time. So then moving on to your friend finally, all I can say as well is that heartbreak, again, is part and parcel of growing up and it's part and parcel of life. I have personally had many unrequited crushes during my life, the most serious of which was on Ryan Gosling. Um, Call me. Crushes are delicious and painful and scary and wonderful all at once. And sometimes we really do feel like our heart has been caught in a vice. But even though you might experience pain over your crush, I also promise, promise, promise you from one big sister to a little sister that you will not feel this way forever. One day, you probably won't even be able to remember his name. And that might seem completely inconceivable to you right now, but I guarantee that it's true. Getting over people is just something that takes its own time. You're a human being who has feelings, and feelings are a wonderful thing to have. You're going to feel all of these things all throughout your life, and that's all part of the beautiful spectrum of falling in love and desiring people and understanding who you are. And again, someone at some point is going to feel the exact same torment over you. Lots of people will feel it. You will never know at any given point who is feeling heartbroken over you and who's sitting in their rooms writing tortured entries in their diaries about how Matthew Basford will not pay any attention to them at school and it's not fair because you love him. Being a teenager is hard, but it's also hopeful and it's also beautiful. And I promise you, you will make it out stronger. Please hold for the next available operator. Okay, can you just, for the purposes of my recording, introduce yourself? My name's Kirsten. I am the owner of Small Axe in Brunswick. I'm sitting here with Kirsten, just putting the final touches on this podcast, and Kirsten's a big sister. Kirsten, tell me, what is the best thing about being a big sister? Um, Always being right would be the best thing about being a big sister. What's the best advice you've ever given as a big sister? So, I think that all of my advice is really great advice. But the best advice I feel that I give is in relation to um, our parents, dealing with our parents. I think that that's another really good thing about having siblings at all is being able to um, talk about your parents. Um, Yeah, having someone there who knows what your experience of life and family is. 100%. And the things that they're allowed to say that if anybody else outside of that family dynamic said it, you'd get really defensive. But if, when it's someone within that, you go like, yeah, yeah, you're right, you get it. So true. Um, uh, so yeah, the best advice I think I get is in relation to dealing with our parents that I am, I think I'm a pretty rational person and I tend to talk them down. My brother and sister are both really reactive and passionate people, they get caught up in the moment. I want to come to Christmas dinner at your house. (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) I think mine is dramatic enough. (laughs) And uh, so I tend to be the person that suggests that they maybe sleep on things or think about things or or look at things from other people's perspectives. And uh, yeah, they sometimes take my advice and I can see that things maybe pan out to be a little bit more calm than they perhaps otherwise would have had they have reacted uh, as they wanted to. 
You sound like a wonderful big sister, Kirsten. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm Clementine Ford, and my next question comes from a guy. Because guess what? Guys need big sisters too. Without having had the lived experience of the issues women have been through, how can I empathise better and be more present with the women in my life? I love this question. I love when men are actively trying to seek out answers for how they can support, not just support the women in their life, but actually understand women's lives. Because so often no one really asks us any questions. You know, it's really sad. One of the things that I often find when I do events is there's always a question from a woman of all ages who says, my boyfriend is really great. My husband's really great. They're always at pains to tell me just how bloody great their husband is. Such a nice guy. So great. But he laughs at my feminism. Or he, he, I told him I was coming to this, to this tonight and he said it was a waste of time. And I always say to them, you are partnered with someone who has a fundamental lack of interest in your life and in the issues that you face. For them to laugh at something that you care about, firstly, is really rude. But secondly, have they ever asked you any questions about what it's been like to grow up as a woman? So man in need of a big sister. I think it's great that you're asking how you can be more present with the women in your life. And to that end, I'd say it's actually really easy. Ask questions, listen to what they say, read books written by women, seek out the work of women and actually pursue information and really resist. It's really, really hard for a lot of people to do this, but really resist the urge to try and explain a situation back to the woman who's telling you it or to to seek some kind of alternative to what she might be telling you. Like one of my personal experiences as a woman, and I know that this is the experience of a lot of women, is when we're explaining to men certain things that we might have been through, say we've experienced street harassment or something or, you know, harassment at work, oftentimes the impulse, even from very well-meaning men, is sometimes to tell us that maybe we misinterpreted it. And I can kind of understand why they go there because in part they don't want to actually believe that someone that they love has experienced these things. But guess what? We have experienced them and we do experience them and all we need for you to do is listen and understand and accept that we are best placed to tell the truths about our lives. You, you know, you've done the right thing by asking how you can how you can actually be a better man in, in the lives of the women that you love. And yes, for all men listening to this, again, that comes back to that word, listen. Ask questions, listen to the answers and absorb. And if you have more questions, go away and, and read more women. But recognise that, you know, we are actually best placed to offer this information and it's there if you want to find it. We'll happily have the conversation with you. Welcome to the Big Sister Hotline. You've been listening to the Big Sister Hotline with me, your host, Clementine Ford. And I like to finish every show with giving you a little bit of insight into me as an adolescent. Journal entry. 25th of December, 2004. Christmas Day. What is it about this holiday that even when recognising it as a social construction makes one feel melancholy to spend it alone? Danny, I don't need to say much here because I'll either remember it forever or feel an acute sense of embarrassment later on. Suffice to say, I met him, we became friends, and now I can't get him out of my head. I know there's something between us, the way that you know the sky is blue. You're sure of it but there's this whole scientific explanation that says it's not. That will make sense to me even when I'm old and decrepit. (laughs) 
You've been listening to the Big Sister Hotline. I'm Clementine Ford, serving Big Sister Real Talk for all the things you're too embarrassed to tell your therapist. Send your questions to bigsisterhotline at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at clementine underscore Ford. Big Sister Hotline. The phone line is open. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.